One of the things that I've realized is that if you're living out of alignment with who you are and you're sharing out of alignment with who you are, the invitations coming in aren't in alignment either. And so while I was getting a lot of invitations, they, they weren't super exciting to me. You know, like, oh, review this microphone or come like the amount of podcasts that I would do where I'd show up and I would just talk about the exact same thing over and over and over again. It just got to the point where I was like, ah, like I can't do this anymore. And another element of my design, and I know I'm kind of weaving all over, but is that I need to retreat to turn a weak position into a strength. So like stop, reflect, journal, like slow down, disappear, like go into yourself. And so I've done that more than ever, especially in motherhood. <laughs> like, okay, let me just kind of like shut off the outside world for a little bit. Let me like not say yes to any invitations and let me really tap into who I am and into my own energy and then come back and create from that place so that new invitations that are in alignment with me can come through. And I'm still very much in that like transitional place of doing that, but it's at least started. Hey friends, this is your host, Cesar Romero, and you're listening to Beyond the Job Title Podcast, the show that explores the human experiences that shape our professional and personal lives. In this episode, I sit down with my good friend, Amanda Horvath. She's a content creator, personal branding coach, YouTuber, and her passion lies in guiding entrepreneurs and creators towards discovering their most authentic paths to online income using the powerful framework of human design. And in this episode, we dive deeper into the power of personal and professional growth, the transition into motherhood, the power of self-awareness, authenticity, and what it means to be an entrepreneur and a content creator and put out work that is aligned with your true self. Whether you are an entrepreneur or a creator, especially if you are a mom, navigating the transition into motherhood and are seeking alignment with your true self, then this episode is specially for you. And please make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And here's my conversation with Amanda Horvath. First question I have to you, Amanda, is if someone were to ask you today, you know, who are you and what mission are you on? What, what would you tell them? I am on the mission of being my most authentic self. And following alignment at all costs, even though that's terrifying to do. All right. Let's, let's unpack that. Why authenticity? Why is that important to you? And how do you approach being authentic? Yeah. When I first started on YouTube, I remember watching my videos and feeling like there's like, that's not yet me. Yeah. Even if I was like happy with the performance, there was always something that I couldn't put my finger on why, like, like uh, almost like a layer of onions that I had to like strip down to mm -hmm. be able to really see my true authentic self. And then I think, you know, that was one layer of it. And ha now having been doing YouTube for almost five years, which is crazy. Next Congratulations. Month, five years. I have reached kind of a different stage in the journey to where it's like, okay, I have a foundation of a following and now I can kind of a little bit expand a little bit outside of kind of how I, who I've shown up 
previously. I think that kind of gave me a little bit of permission. And then, of course, human design came in the picture in May of 2020. So it's been about three years now of me deep diving into who I am from that system and really being floored, I would say, by the truth that comes out of this system and the roadmap to go back to who you are. And so I've just fully surrendered to that experiment. And it's been a journey. That's for sure. <laughs> how how did you come across human design? Right? And for those listening that might not be familiar with it, how would you explain that to someone? And I know you you have a 15-minute video that will link up to the show notes as well. But yeah, but for those that are not familiar with human design, how would you explain that and how do you come across it? Yeah. So human design is a map for how your energy works. You it looks very complicated when you first find out about it. But essentially, it shows you the areas where you're receptive to energy and where you have consistent energy that you have access to. And they say that it's your map for moving through life without resistance. Mm. And that's what initially like hooked me in. I was like, ooh, what is this? Life without resistance? Sign me up. <laughs> and I've now learned that's not exactly like it is life without resistance, but it's still life. You know, and life comes with struggle. But aside from that, how did I find out about human design? I was in a mastermind group and they, there was just a group chat and someone said, hey, do you know your human design? And I was like, what's that? And I looked it up and I remember the moment. Like I was, I am an investigator in human design and this has just continued to be like, true. I mean, before I found out about human design, I was a total nerd with courses. Afterward, you know, podcasts, videos, all the things. Afterwards, like I've just become conscious of it. And so I'm, I have a pop socket holder in my shower that I can watch videos on while I'm showering. So I was, I had just found out about it. I pulled up a video of like what a projector is because I had no idea. And I was watching that video in the shower and it was just like the way that it hit me to my core. It was, I can't explain it like how it landed, but it was just, I honestly felt like I was seen for like the first time. And that was like, it was so powerful. And then I immediately booked a reading with my, who later became my human design teacher. And I describe it as me saying hi. And then she told me my entire life story. <laughs> Sounds wild. What what did you discover, you know, through through those sessions? Yeah, there's been a lot. The first, I mean, is really finding out that I'm a projector was huge because only 20% of the population are projectors. And that means that the world really isn't made for projectors. And we are so conditioned. We're also the the type that is most conditioned away from who we are because we're here to feel the other and to amplify other people's energy and like really take it into our bodies so that we can know what is it like to be a generator and so that we can guide them. So finding out that at the top level was really fascinating and then starting to dig into it and find out just how sensitive to the energies in a room I like I am mm. was also very insightful 
because previously, you know, I really thought of myself as like this person with like super thick skin and, you know, I can like do whatever I want and make, you know, but realizing, wow, that's not actually the case. And how do I like soften into that and use that as a gift has been totally life transformational. So you got this information, you realize things about yourself. How did you, what, what were some of the changes that you made, you know, from, from that, you know, how, how did you in, integrate it, these new insights into, into your business, into motherhood? Yeah. Can you hear him screaming? No. Okay, good. I'm overcoming a cough. Okay, sorry. How have I integrated this? Yes. There's so much that I have done to integrate it over the last three years, but really the the bottom line with human design or the core takeaway is making decisions correctly as yourself. So everything revolves around that. So they say specifically like the four main areas in life, love, relationships, mm -hmm. where you live, where you work. And I always forget the fourth, something else. Enter here. I guess there's, yeah, where you live, your relationships, career. I don't know, something else. <laughs> so focusing on those bigger areas has been huge. So with, for example, business, I grew up in a family of manifesting generators, okay? All of my family are these people that go out, they make things happen, and they move very quickly. And I have, like, I have a brother that's 18 months older than me and a sister that's 18 months younger than me. And so I was, like, sandwiched between these two manifesting generator, you know, individuals my entire life. And so I was very much in business taught, have a vision, go after it, make it happen. So what I learned, wait for the invitation, is my strategy for making decisions, and that's for all projectors. That was totally different. And I was like, okay, let me experiment with this. Let me just see. And fortunately, because I have had a YouTube channel for so long, people message me all the time with invitations. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to start paying attention to them. And one of the things that I've realized is that if you're living out of alignment with who you are and you're sharing out of alignment with who you are, the invitations coming in aren't in alignment either. And so while I was getting a lot of invitations, they, they weren't super exciting to me. You know, like, oh, review this microphone or come like the amount of podcasts that I would do where I'd show up and I would just talk about the exact same thing over and over and over again. It just got to the point where I was like, ah, like I can't do this anymore. And another element of my design, and I know I'm kind of weaving all over, but is that I need to retreat to turn a weak position into a strength. So like stop, reflect, journal, like slow down, disappear, like go into yourself. And so I've done that more than ever, especially in motherhood. <laughs> like, okay, let me just kind of like shut off the outside world for a little bit. Let me like not say yes to any invitations and let me really tap into who I am and into my own energy and then come back and create from that place so that new invitations that are in alignment with me can come through. And I'm still very much in that like transitional place of doing that, but it's at least started. I love that. I love that what I mentioned is listening to yourself and taking time to to retreat, right? And and be with yourself to really listen to yourself and, and find out what's out of alignment. And 
as a follow-up to that is, you know, in your most recent retreat, right, which I believe was that year of the first year, the first year of, of motherhood, right? What were some of the, or how has your, your thinking changed, you know, since, since you became a mother? I honestly feel bad for the advice that I have given parents in the past. That is like the bottom line. Like there's no way to understand it until you're going through it. What was the advice? I Just like the way to like film videos or the way to do anything, you know, and like I, there, you just can't understand what it's like to have to take care of another human being at all times until you're in it. Mm-hmm. Even, even with support, like I've been super fortunate that my mom and mother-in-law have, help out once a week each. And then Sam, my husband works from home. And so I have help, but even still it's takes up an extra space of your brain was wasn't there before you know or wasn't like taken up before so what have the changes been like in motherhood it's been a softening and opening up i would say at a deeper level the lack of sharpness that you experience as a female mm. in that process of becoming pregnant like giving birth, breastfeeding, or in my case, exclusively pumping and all the pain that comes with that. Like you just, the hormonal shifts in your brain are so different that you can't function in the same way. And so everything had to change. And then add on top of it, I'm also in my Saturn return, which is just like this crazy time from 28 to 32 that everyone has, that like your whole life basically gets shook and anything that's not meant to be there falls out. <laughs> and it's just like a whole world wins. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I love that you mentioned, hey, the, the, the advice I, I gave before doesn't really align or doesn't really apply, right? And, and that shows growth, right? Because a lot of times we might give advice, we might say some things, but as we evolve and grow, our perspective changes, right? And, and, I, and I think it's important for people to listen to to that because uh, it's okay to change your mind, to change your perspective on on things that you you previously shared, right? That might not apply anymore. Is there any, since we're on, on the topic of, of motherhood, any funny moment that stands out to you, you know, throughout the first year where he was like, oh, Maverick. <laughs> he, he ate poop. At one point, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, Maverick. And it was one of those like we do this thing called elimination communication. And we started it when mm. he was like eight weeks old, where you hold him over the toilet and you go like and he goes. It's amazing. Like he actually goes to the bathroom. Well, every time, like recently, as he's gotten older and more aware, it's become a little more challenging. But like he'll go and then he looks in the toilet and kind of like we all do, you know. He's like, like he's interested in it, you know? Well, after he bathes, we let him kind of like crawl around the house. And like, I think kids have to, you know, you got to go diaper free occasionally. Otherwise they, you know, they got to let themselves breathe a little bit. So he's crawling (laughs) around and this is kind of our normal habit. But then all of a sudden he, he pooped and like, it happened so fast. And if you're a parent, you know, like poop gets everywhere very quickly <laughs> when it gets out of hand. And he immediately like looks down, grabs a whole handful and then does that full face rub down 
on his face, you know, to eat it. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. And I was alone, you know, like Sam was out. And I was just I literally just said out loud, I was like, this is happening right now. Like, oh, my gosh. I like just grabbed him and put him straight back in the bath and washed him off. It was just one of those moments. <laughs> oh, man, I, that's yeah, I, I've been there uh, as a dad. I've been there. And, you know, it's one of those times where you try to make things happen, but you also have a, a baby to take care of and things happen at the same time. Exactly. You yeah. try to multitask. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. That's uh, definitely a funny story. I have a follow-up, though, on your point about the open mind, because I think this has been one insightful thing that I've also learned from human design, is that like if anyone that's listening to this, if you look up your chart, and you can just go to mybodygraph.com, you got to type in your birth info to, to get your chart, uh, but it's very powerful. So when you look at it, like the top two centers in the chart, which are those big shapes, are either colored in or open or white, I should say. And it's interesting because there are people on that are here to have a closed mind. They are here to have a fixed view of the world and a fixed way of processing the world. And the rest of us that have it open will take in the energy of those that have a fixed mind and feel this need to be certain about our things, our, our like thoughts and our processes and how we go about life and if we try to hold on to that fixed it ends up just bringing more like frustration or bitterness into our lives and so for some of us it is good to like allow ourselves to when you look at it and it's white it's like oh I am open-minded and I don't have to convince anyone that I know for certain that this is the way and I can change so I, I think that that was kind of been an interesting thing because I definitely have it open in mind, as do you. Yes. As you're explaining that, one of the things that came up, you know, since we're on a topic of motherhood, one of the fixed mindsets I had was that when I became a dad, I didn't want to let go of the old friends, right? The friends that didn't have kids, were not parents. But as I, as I got into parenthood, I realized that there was this tension between, because, you know, friends that don't have kids, they can empathize with you, but don't really understand. I mean, I, I kept getting invites for 5 p.m. happy hours. Like, guys, I have a kid. Like, she's like three months old. Like, I, I can't be doing that. So I had to let go this fixed mindset of, like, I feel bad that I'm losing uh, or I don't talk to the single friends and I opened up myself to make new friends, right? New dads and moms. And I wanted to ask you, you know, if, if you went through something similar as you transitioned into, into motherhood. Yeah. And I think one thing that I tell people is that the transition into motherhood happens over time. Mm. And parenthood happens over time. The first two months, I was like, I was convinced that I could continue the life that I've had, you know, the baby can sleep anywhere. You could go out. You can do things. It's a little unpredictable of what might happen when you do that, but it's relatively easy just because the baby sleeps all the time. And then as the baby starts waking up and moving more and crawling and having opinions and, or, you know, like breakdown tantrums, your restriction starts going more and more down 
and yeah, having, I, I've been fortunate to where I got pregnant and within seven weeks, three of my people also got pregnant, like right after me, not all in Austin, but one, one here in Austin and then two, one in LA that I went to school with college and then one that I became like online friends with that lives in San Diego. And they were all during that like waiting period, like waiting to have kids. And I was like, y'all need to meet each other. Like we're, you're all in this stage. You're all about to have a baby. And that chat has now become the cute babies chat that is pinned to my phone. And it's like literally one of them just called me right, right this second. And it's just having community in this stage is so very key. Because yeah, it is sad. It's, I've had some, I've had to process some people kind of like not, sh not showing up to events that I would used to, used to show up to and change my social events from nighttime to daytime type events. And, you know, eventually come around to getting a babysitter. <laughs> I haven't done that yet, but yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to, to, to adjust to that and be okay with shift into day events over at night. And, and one, one key thing that I mentioned, it's community, right? And you saw the need, you integrated these, these two friends, right? And you kind of created your own circle. Mm -hmm. And that's important for, for moms and dads to, to realize that if you feel that gap, that need, you have the power to create that community, right? Like you don't need to wait, um, or you can integrate into whatever community there is in your city, like you don't have to do this at all. Right. And, and, and that's very important too. Please don't do it alone. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Especially if you don't have support, like a partner or in-laws, right. It's, it's especially if you don't have that support system. Last, last question here are on motherhood. And then I want to shift gears into another segment, but let's say little map. You know, it's 30 years old, right? What, what's your vision? Like what, what would you want him to remember the most about you? Like what, what we want him to say about who his mom is? Oh, I would want him to say that I fully supported him and his uniqueness and didn't try to mold him to be who I want him to be, but instead allowed him to explore his own identity and his own interests and was more like I heard this statement at one point that our kids we don't own our kids we just get to go on this journey with them and we get to be the guides on this journey for them and I've really been taking that mindset of okay I like yes he's my kid but like I don't possess him you know I just get to our souls get to align for a while as we move through this journey. And I would hope that that's how he feels. And obviously you got to set boundaries and stuff too, but you know, <laughs> that, that would be the bottom line. The majority of the time, I hope he feels that. That's an amazing, amazing vision to have. And cause I, I have the same vision for, for my kids as well. I'm more like a travel guy than a dictator, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, Hey, here's some dangers. Here's some opportunities. Here's some challenges. Like you take them or not. Right. Like, yes. and I think you're doing a, an amazing job leading by example, right. Being more 
or being authentic and, and vulnerable, you know, with your journey, which brings me to that, to that topic of authenticity, right? You know, we, we live in a world where, it, especially if you're a creator, right? Uh, you want to make friends with the, with the algorithm, right? <laughs> with the YouTube algorithm, with the social media algorithm, but at times you, you might feel like you have to sacrifice your authenticity, right? Uh, and I don't know, that doesn't sit well with me because I see, be, you know, be, be, beyond the superficial content, you know, and I don't know about you, but recently the, the content out there on TikTok and to at times it feels like it's all the same in terms yeah. of like how it's formatted and, and, you know, what's going to make to, to click on it. And I, I wanted to ask you, right? Like what, what advice will you have to, to those creators out there that, you know, maybe they're getting started, but they don't want to sacrifice their authentic self, you know, to appease some algorithm. Yeah. This is definitely the journey and the focus that I am currently on. And I'm sharing the journey as I go on the channel and I don't have it figured out. I would say that's the first thing that I would, I would say, but I have figured some things out here and there along the way. And you do need to know how the game is played in order to break the rules, right? Mm. That's like the first thing that, that's the rule that everyone says in all different industries. And so you have to learn what does the algorithm want? And then you have to, like this, the reason that I, I've come up with this concept of like, oh, befriend the algorithm is because I was journaling one day and it came out just like the resentment and the bitterness really that I felt towards not being seen, you know, uh, in the algorithm. And then it's like, okay, look, like the algorithm wants to get you out to more people. And how can I take ownership for that? And, and not try to fit into a box. Like in some ways, I feel like it's the fitting into the box of what mm. the algorithm wants that actually ends up killing your momentum, which is interesting. I think for too long, I, try, I did what the algorithm wanted me to do. And it comes with a letting go process that like another thing that I, another like mindset thing that I have is like, you can't have anything until you've let go of wanting it. So I do this like letting go process where it's called the Sedona method. It's like, could you, would you win? Like, could you let go of the algorithm being your friend? <laughs> like, could you let go of being a giant YouTuber, let's say? And then would you, right? Because could is kind of different than would. Like, are you willing to? And then when, and then that's an opportunity to say right now. And you repeat that process over and over again, tie it with breath work, and it really helps. And that was really the first thing. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I am going to entirely let go of my YouTube channel, making me money, doing anything like in, in my entire business is tied around the YouTube channel, right? right. And in my family relies on that income from the YouTube channel too. So that was an incredibly scary risk to take. But being okay with that allowed me to like loosen the reins on my own mind that, that allowed me to discover my authenticity. Because I don't think that we aim to be inauthentic. I think that we just don't know what authentic 
authenticity looks like for mm. us. And if you can give yourself like permission to play and be in the sandbox without having to get results, that's where you're going to truly find it. So I think those are my two steps is like, well, number one, like learn the algorithm, learn what it takes, learn how the game is played. And then two, let go of the game for a little while and see what happens. And I think the two worlds meet. Like that's kind of where I'm, I'm only four weeks into this new transition, I would say. And it's already feeling so much lighter because clarity comes with action, right? <laughs> I say that all the time. Oh. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that. And yeah, being in the arena, play play the game, but don't attach yourself to a specific outcome or, or to a result, right? Just just play and see see what happens. Kind of watching watching your kids, right? Like play. They don't have an angle in mind. They're just playing, right? And they discover, oh, this block can go on top of this block. <laughs> yeah. Right? And this honestly, even this podcast is me just stepping into the arena and, and playing playing and see what happens, right? See what conversation strikes with people. So thank you for playing with me, Amanda. I appreciate it. Absolutely. No, this, yeah, I love it. When you said you're doing a podcast, I was like, yes, let's go. I'm all about it. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, what did Rabid just mentioned something about the individuality and the collective. And I have felt disconnected to the collective. And I think this podcast is one way of me filling that gap of connecting to the collective, but also sharing valuable conversations that I can then share with the collective and like maybe someone resonates, right? So because I've been feeling lonely. I've been feeling like, <clears throat> yeah, like, hey, there's this gap, man. And that's what Zach inspires, inspires me. You inspire me. You know what? I, I, I need to be bolder. Just take steps and ask for people for the time. And, you know, if, if they will come on the podcast and, when I reach out to you, I'm, you know, all these negative thoughts come into your mind. It's like, oh man, Amanda, it's like way above like success right here. And she's probably going to think like, she's going to say no, or, or, you know, I'm going to waste her time. It's all these negative thoughts that I had to overcome just to make the ask for you to, hey, you know, we, we like to come. So just dealing with that, you know, it's part of the game as well. A hundred percent. I always like for some reason this helps me so much. But whenever I feel imposter syndrome, I say Brad Pitt has imposter syndrome. Like Girl. specifically, I say it with him. I'm like, I don't know why I use him. And then I found out he's a projector with the channel of struggle, which is what my design is. But I digress. <clears throat> it, you know, it's like every single person out there that you respect feels like, who am I to do this? And what if people, it, really what it is, is what if people find out I'm a fraud, right? And I can't maintain it. And it's just like, you know what? I'm human and they're human. Yep. And can we just give ourselves permission to be human? <laughs> yes, so much. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and especially on LinkedIn, there's a lot of tactical advice. But I'm like, guys, I know there's a human beyond this LinkedIn profile. And I bet that you're, you you have challenges, you have struggles, right? Which is part of the reason what prompted this me to this podcast. It's like, I want to see beyond people's labels and titles and explore their humanity. Because you have the love of humanity. That's your whole thing. And I do. Your design. Like, if, if I could make a living just going around, and I'm not kidding, 
going around and just asking people for their story, where they've been, why they do what they do, where they're going. Like, that's me. I just, you know, just put me out into the world and just give me microphone and just asking people these questions. And I think it's so important that we ask ourselves that question. You know, it's like, if I could do anything and money wasn't an obstacle, what would I be doing? I asked myself that question in December and it totally changed my trajectory of how I'm approaching this year because I too feel that way, but from being behind the camera interviewing people. And so like, I'm like, oh, if I could do anything, I would, I would make a documentary on human design and I would go interview everyone that learned from the founder of human design because they're all getting older and this information is going to go away. And so time is of the essence. And I was like, you know what, Amanda, like, screw it. You have to make one video a week. Just start collecting the information now. And so I'm starting that process. So it's like, what's like the, the big vision? And then what's the mm. one step that you can take towards it without needing to completely pivot, you know? Right. That's so important. One, one, one last thing that came to mind. And then to wrap up the episode, I want to do a rapid fire round. Uh, but one thing that came up while you were saying that was, one of your most recent videos I, I watch about documenting your journey. I mean, that's, that spoke to me so much, especially when you mentioned <clears throat> that your kids or your grandkids would be able to have access to this information and get inspired or get more insights into who Amanda is, you know, who, who Caesar is or, or was, I guess, you know, but it got me thinking too that I'm, I'm doing something similar. You know, I've been doing it for about two months. It's been inconsistent, but I've been recording my dad, uh, kind of like a podcast episode, but, you know, just recording him and asking him questions about, about his life. Uh, and the idea is that I want to have this library of, you know, content that I told about his, his backstory, right? Fortunately, I couldn't do it with my mom, you know, she passed away and but I want to do it with my dad, right? So I'm, I'm doing it. I'm documenting his journey. And the idea is exactly what you mentioned in that video. It's like, you know, I can listen to it. Lucia, my daughter can listen to it and just get insights into who they are, where, where they come from, you know, what the grandparents did. So I thought that was super, super timing that, you know, that they posted that video. And, and good for you for doing that, you know, for taking the time to do that. I think that's amazing and so needed. And and I think it, it, it sadly does take losing someone before that desire kicks in. Mm -hmm. And like one of my biggest regrets wasn't interviewing my grandfather on video before he passed. And then it's like, you know what? I'm going to interview everyone in my family. And I've now done my grandparents. And I need to do my mom and my dad as well. So I love that you, you're doing them. But yeah, it's so important. And And then... You know, if we have that desire that the video that you were mentioning talks about how, well, if we value other people's stories, then why don't we value our own? Yeah, man. It, it hit me like, a, I don't know, it's just something that's bam, you know, and I, I'm already doing it, but it's like, it, it was validation, right? It validated what I, I, I have been feeling about, you know, sharing my own journey with my family. So thanks for, for, for putting it out there. Yeah, and just a quick note on that, and I can see even what that video is called, just so that people can, it's Capture Your Legacy, one video at a time, it's on the channel. The, the way that that video came about, <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to say. 
when I sat down in front of the camera. I had no idea what the title of that video was going to be. You know, I had like Maverick had just gone down for a nap. I had set up the camera while Maverick was like still with me. And and it's like a four minute one take video, you know, where I was just going to document my story. And I just like sat down with a cup. And then I started talking about why the importance of documentation. And then I was like, oh, that's a video right there. Okay, (laughs) you know, whatever. So I think that kind of ties into the that authenticity and how to how it's knowing how to package a video like that is where the game comes in. Mm -hmm. But the video itself was not strategic. I love that. And (laughs) then all the comments that that followed it, it it just resonated with people so much, you know, so. Well, thanks for that. All right. Uh, ready to do a rapid fire round to, to Let's wrap up? do it. Yes. All right. First question. One book that has influenced your life? E-Myth Revisited. <laughs> By, what's his name? Gerber? Yeah, Michael Gerber. Like systematized things. Yeah, systems, man. You know, it, it's, it's my Achilles heel. Yeah. It, it, it's critical though, right? Because otherwise it's not sustainable. Yeah, I'd say that's right. what kicked everything off for me. Yeah. All right. Next question. What are the most worthwhile investments that you've made? And when I say investments, right, it could be financial, it could be a physical thing, or it could be our our relationship. Investing in myself. I really value investing in myself in terms of giving myself a runway to Mm -hmm. accomplish something entrepreneurially. You know, we have savings for a reason. You choose them. It's okay. You know. Also buying courses, booking coaching calls. I value people. Like I was just telling someone, I was like, oh man, I, and this is rapid fire, but I, I like, I've spent so much money on coaches recently as I've just been figuring out what to do and where to go. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, whatever, like do it. You're worth, you're worth the investment. So I'd say that's my best investment. <laughs> I love that. And I know this is rapid fire too, but. One quick question around co- coaching, like why, why coaching? Why invest in coaching? Mm-hmm. It's so rare to be able to talk about yourself for an extended period of time. And therapy is a great way to do that, right? And, and I do value therapy, like talk therapy. I haven't done it recently. I think I've leaned more into the coaching thing, partially because a lot of my angst and issues come from very like niche type topics like human Mm -hmm. design, like understanding that deeper or business and online marketing. And so in some ways, coaches are filling a similar role to therapists without like, I guess, you know, they're not diving into your past, right? They have, it's a different modality, but I've just been pulled more as of right now into those areas. And I'm definitely feeling the call to go back to true true therapy as well, but mm-hmm. that's just kind of been the focus for now. Yeah. One mistake I've, I've made with, with coaching in the past is getting coaches that don't have the experience in the specific path that I'm on. And man, it's it's cost me a lot to learn that lesson. But but now I know it's like, you know, if, if I'm on the podcasting path, right, I should get a coach that's probably five, 10 years ahead of me, right? Yes. And, and learn from there. So just want to mention that. Uh, when people come to me and they're like, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, I'm not your person. That's, that's thanks, thanks for being honest. Yeah. I'm like, I can help you if you want to do a video podcast. 
-hmm. But like, even that is not my profession, like not my expertise, you know? So yeah, I think that's great. That's so true. All right. Next question. Quote that you think of often or life motto that you live by? Clarity comes with action is a big one. I love it. I love it. And overwhelm and action can't coexist. So if you're living in overwhelm, click into action. Yes, because through action, you'll, you'll discover, you know, and get insights into it. Yeah. I All mean, right. that's a very business one. I have other person, like whatever. Oh, those, those are great, you know, especially the action one, because a lot of times we can get stuck in the courses or the watching videos or the listening to podcasts, you know, and confuse motion for action. Yes. All right. Next question. In the last, let's say, 12 months, one habit that you have put in place that has made a big impact? Oh, gosh. During the first <laughs> first year of motherhood, what's a habit that I've introduced? <laughs> no, I've introduced many. I, I would say, okay, yeah, being fully present when I am with Maverick. Mm. Not trying to double task. You know, like if I'm changing a diaper, I don't want to be thinking about business. Like, how can I shut that part off of my as much as possible and just be fully there and just soak in the moment and and know that this doesn't last forever. That's really been, I would say, the biggest focus of mine over the last year. And, and I guess, I guess that's a habit. But all of their habits were broken. Going to the gym, even <laughs> meditation. I've tried to reintroduce that recently. <laughs> it's just everything goes out the window. <laughs> no, but the one of being present is something that I'm um working on. Yes, man, it's it's so important to just be present when when you when you were a kid, right? It could be an hour, it could be 10 minutes, whatever it is. But thanks for being honest with that one. Yeah. All right. And last question here to to wrap up. What would be your number one advice or takeaway that you would like our listeners to to absorb, you know, as it relates to their moments of pivot, their moments of transition, perhaps they're on their creative journey and they're feeling you know, stuck. You know, I'm, I'm one one trick pony right now. I'd say look into human design. If it at all speaks to you, seriously, it has just been so life transformational for me. And even if you're like so many people, they say, oh, I'm just a generator. It's like, no, no, no. You're a generator. Like being a generator is amazing. <laughs> like you could, you have so many gifts and abilities and there's so many nuances to being a generator or manifesting generator. Really, everyone wants to be that, you know, in a way, all the other types. So I just I think if it if it speaks to you, lean in. I would highly recommend doing a reading rather than trying to self-study it. You'll just get further along, at least initially. And then you can see if it's even for you or not. It's not for everyone. And then if you do a reading, like really experiment with it, because if you don't experiment, then it just stays in the mind and you won't experience the frequency within your body. And that's where the true power comes from. So, yeah, that'd be my number one tip. If if you're wanting clarity or looking for, I'm going to say like looking for answers, but wanting to deeply know yourself, I think that there's a lot of power that can come from that. And this is a tool that allows you to do it. I love that. And we'll make sure to, to link it in the show notes. And I personally got in guidance from Amanda. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a powerful tool. You might not fully understand it at the beginning, but the more you dive deep into it, the, the, 
the more you get to recognize patterns of yourself, right? So highly, highly recommend it. Awesome. Says the man that's all about the patterns. <laughs> Real quick before we wrap, is there anything like that lands for you? Like what have, because I think people even seeing, because even if you haven't fully integrated it into your life, there's probably one thing or something that stood out possibly. Yeah, man, what? that's a good question. I think, I don't remember exactly what, what we discovered, but one of the things that I can't seem to let go of is this need of create this 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 need of like connect with people and create conversations and, and, and going beyond the superficial, going deeper. You know, I've been trying to like, oh, you know, it's nothing, but finally I was like, you know what, I need to let this out. Otherwise it's gonna eat away at me. And I asked myself the question, you know, if 10, 20 years down the road, you know, what would you regret? And one of the things was not giving my creative side an outlet just because I want to follow like the the safe path. So but yeah, you know, that's a long winded answer to your, to your question. I love there. it. No, that's a great answer. That's <laughs> so good. Awesome. And where if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way uh for them to to reach out to you? Yeah. Or don't reach out. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in, a, I'm in a, a transition period or I'm in a, you know, no connection period. No, just kidding. So it's interesting. Or I'll start fresh. So it's interesting because I've like very purposefully kind of cut, tried to shut down like almost Tim Ferriss method conversations without them being paid in a way because I just tend to guide people for free often. Mm-hmm. I have, when I look at my screen time, I spend 10 hours a week in my messages. Mm-hmm. So like community is a huge thing. I, I no longer really am active on Instagram. So really, you know, it sounds kind of weird, but it's like if someone really wants to connect and, and soak up the wisdom, it's looking at either my online course and joining the other community. And then I'm very active. I pour into my people for that. You know that. And or book a coaching call with me. And we can deep dive. A human design reading is another way of doing that. And then I also do offer one-to-one coaching for YouTube and human design combined. And I i don't take on very many clients from that. So I would say those are kind of my methods. But otherwise, fall, like go on the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel, join the email list, join mm-hmm. via either the Quick Start Guide to Human Design, learn about that, or watch my main core webinar training which is how to overcome self-doubt master video and you know share your message online and you should, you could find those in all of the descriptions of my youtube videos and then you can just kind of you know always like hit reply on the emails of the newsletter i respond to those for sure in the comments on youtube as well so you can definitely reach me i'm available but i've i've kind of moved away from the dms a little bit Thank you for such a insightful sharing, you know, how to get in contact, not, not just how to get in contact with you, but how to support your work, right? And you mentioned very different avenues, like in the comment section on YouTube, on the email list, a course, which, you know, I, I, I'm a part of the alumni of Amanda's video course. And yeah, you know, just, just showing support in those different ways. Like there's, there's not, because a lot of times people think that creators are like, 
these gods, you know, that sit on this pedestal and they're unreachable. But there's a reason for that, right? Right? It's like creators want to reserve their time and energy for the people that are committed to their journey, right? And to their work, right? So if you can show that you're at least on the email list or maybe in the comment section that you're active there, the chances of you getting a reply, right, from Amanda or from other creators out there increase, right? Because Amanda says, oh, you know, this, these are the guys like been supportive since, you know, my journey. So thanks for sharing that. Most people are like, oh, yeah, send me a DM. You know, they don't reply. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> and and I'm still very, like, approachable. Like, it, it, someone just recently commented on one of my videos and was like, hey, we're doing a human design meetup on Friday. Or he was like, hey, I actually, I want to respond to you about this video that you just created and kind of give you some insights of maybe some things that you missed. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Hit me up on Voxer. So I sent him my Voxer. He messaged me on Voxer. And then, you know, we had a back and forth. And he's like, yeah, we're doing a human design meetup on Friday. You should come. And so then I met up with him and we had like an hour long conversation. So it's just like, yeah, it's finding that overlap and and as you know be respecting the energy that you have and the life stage that you're in which for me is motherhood <laughs> so yeah. there's a limited time already so anyway awesome awesome Mara. well thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us but yeah i appreciate you and uh, yeah maybe we'll record a future episode on the Perfect. Road about uh different stage yeah well congratulations on launching thanks so much for having me All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for listening all the way through. I appreciate you and I hope that you got some valuable information that you can apply to your personal and professional life. If this story resonated with you and you would like to support the podcast, please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode.